Well, for our last message of the morning, Brother Mike Custer, good friend, Bible Baptist Church in Grand Forks, North Dakota. We appreciate the church there, appreciate Brother Custer and his family. And by the way, good news, uh, talking about swerving. His wife took out a, co a coyote coming down here. So uh, one, one more off the road, right? <laughs> I told the man at the gas station who loaned me the duct tape to tape the bumper back together. I said I was I was sleeping at the time. He said, you were sleeping while you were driving? I said, no, I wasn't driving. My wife was driving. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. But she didn't swerve. We were going through South Dakota, and the speed limit in South Dakota is 80 miles an hour, so it's a good thing that she didn't swerve. I, I was glad I, I woke up to the thump. And that was all I that was all I knew. It's been so good to be here. I want to thank the folks here at, at uh, Mount Zion Baptist Church for your hospitality. You've made us feel so welcome. You're so kind and, and all the sacrifices. I was telling somebody that, you know, I, I think it was Brother Smith I was commenting this to. I know that there's so many things that go on behind the scenes. I saw a couple of boys at, at the break that were emptying the trash in the men's room. And I, I said, hey, thank you guys. It's good. We appreciate your work. And it's good. We appreciate the meals and your hospitality. You're welcoming us and everything. Uh, I tell our folks whenever, whenever I'm planning to be at a preacher's conference, maybe twice a year, and some years I don't get out at all, but, but uh, I was able to be at, at Brother McCandless's meeting in October last year. And I tell our folks whenever I'm going to a preaching conference that I've got to go someplace to hear some good, hear some preaching because I never hear any good preaching at home. <laughs> and, and it's been a blessing. You know, I, I, I was thinking about the words of Peter upon the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17. And Peter said a lot of dumb things, but one thing that he said was actually absolutely true. He said, it's good for us to be here. Amen. It's good for us to be here. Amen. And this has been a great time. And, and uh, I was texting a man in our church who, who wants to be called the office manager instead of the church secretary. <laughs> and I guess I can understand that. And I said, I said, I've been experiencing a little personal revival here, and it's been good. Appreciate all the preaching. And our folks kind of just shake their head when I say, you know, we're going to a preacher's conference, and I'll probably sit through 20 sermons in about two and a half days. And, and that's about what it amounts to. But each one has been such a blessing and so needful. And preachers love to hear preaching, and we sure do appreciate you, and thank you so much. We're going to read a few verses from Matthew chapter 6 and Matthew chapter 8. I think it goes without saying that in our times, we desperately need to be walking close to the Lord. Our people, and I'm talking to preachers now, our people need a godly example. They need to see something stable, and that's true uh, all the time. It's especially true in, in difficult times. There needs to be a stable and godly example of spiritual leadership and consistency, and our sustenance and strength will come only from the Lord. I appreciated Brother Love's message just a few minutes ago about standing, just standing. Ephesians chapter 6 talks about that, standing strong in the Lord, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might, and, and we need to have on the armor of God and be a good example. These are, these are unstable and destabilizing times, and People need to see stability and strength, and we need these as well so that we can be that kind of example. Uh, and, and to change gears or maybe go a step further, I think probably nobody really wants uh, 
to have a hardened heart toward the things of the Lord. And yet this is a wording that we find that Jesus Christ used himself and it, it, it is worthy of our examination because it's in the scriptures and especially because the Lord stated it. But in Mark chapter 6, um, the, the main verses I want us to notice here in Mark chapter 6 are verses 43 and 44 and then skipping down to verse 48 and you'll know the context you maybe you do already but as soon as we start reading you'll see it verse 43 says and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments of the fishes and they that did eat of the loaves were about 5,000 men and this is of course the feeding of the 5,000 and then a little bit later on down to verse 48 the Bible says and he saw them toiling in rowing for the wind was contrary unto them, and about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, and these are great words, be of good cheer. Amen. It is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure, and wondered, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Their heart was hardened, and that same wording is found in chapter 8, verse 15. Chapter 8, verse 15, where the Bible says, He charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of, the, of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, Why reason ye because ye have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand, how, or have ye your heart yet hardened? And, and Christ spoke of a hardened heart here. And as I said a moment ago, nobody, nobody who knows the word of God, who labors in the word of God, who serves the Lord would want to imagine, oh yeah, my heart is hard. My heart's been hardened. We want to have a soft and supple and responsive heart. And what exactly did the Lord mean here when he spoke of, of these people hardening their hearts? Well, this is the thing that we're going to consider today. Let's briefly pray. Heavenly Father, help us to see the importance of looking beyond the circumstances and seeing the Lord. And Father, I pray that we'd be strong in faith and we would realize that no matter how things look, we have promises. And Father, I pray that you'd help us to rest in those promises because you never fail. Bless our time together here in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This word hardened is a form of the word porao in the Greek New Testament, and it means, it means uh, to be petrified, to be blinded, to be hardened, or to be rendered stupid. And, and interestingly, the word stupefaction, to be stupefied, doesn't mean like we normally use the word stupid today. In fact, some families say that's a, that's a taboo word. You, don't, you just don't use that word around here, and that's fine because of the way it's used in the vernacular. But the word stupefied or, or stupefaction or to be stupid means to be in a state of unconsciousness or oblivion or insensibility. And a lot of people would say, I would never harden my heart against the Lord. I just wouldn't do that. And yet, because of external circumstances, sometimes we will become insensible or insensitive or stupefied 
or unconscious or blinded on some level, to be petrified or hardened to the, the things that the Lord would have us to pay attention to. And this is how the Lord described the condition of many of his apostles in that day. And I don't believe that it was intentional, but that it was merely human. And, and I've said this many times to our folks up in North Dakota, and they're just normal people. Uh, maybe they're a little bit tougher than average because of the harsh winters that we experience, and they have strong arms because they're used to swatting mosquitoes in the summertime, <laughs> you know? But they're just, they're just normal people, and we appreciate them so much. They're just common folks. But, but we talk about being human, and we all react to circumstances. All we know, all we know by experience is mortal life. That's all we know. And we, we have some things, an awful lot of things that we look forward to and anticipate through the eyes of faith. Amen? But all we actually know by experience is mortal life. And so we naturally look at circumstances and we probably naturally are affected by circumstances and the Lord said in Matthew chapter 13 when he was questioned as to why he spoke to the people in parables he said because it's a fulfillment of Isaiah the prophet their heart is waxed gross their heart has become fat because they've in their eyes if they close their ears they don't hear anymore because they've heard it so much and they've been exposed to truth such a long time. They've been rendered stupid, as it were. They've been stupefied. They've become unconscious or oblivious or insensible. And they are simply reacting to the circumstances. And it's a faithless response, of course. And we don't want to be guilty of, of responding faithlessly to truth and God's truth. But I want us to think about some things Exactly why these men, these were spiritual leaders. These were the, you know, these were the cream of the crop. And they had been converted, many of them, from a vulgar and foul life, these fishermen, these Galilean fishermen. But they were the cream of the crop. They were the preachers. They were the apostles, the preachers in training the pits, as it were, huh? They were being prepared for the work of the Lord to carry the gospel to the whole world. And so we would say you know, we could relate to them in some ways, because they were God's chosen people. Why did they come to the place where they had become insensible or stupefied or unconscious or oblivious, insensitive to spiritual stimulus, as it were? And how did this happen in their life? Well, part of it was because they were focusing on superficial perplexity rather than focusing on supernatural purposes. They were looking at the surface trouble they were focused too much on the surface trouble rather than supernatural purposes, and so they became insensitive to what God was trying to do with them and through them. And he said, you've hardened your heart. You have a hardened heart because you're looking too much at the circumstance rather than looking toward the Lord. And may God help us in a time when we are surrounded by challenges and frustrations and difficulties. And we say, how in the world, how in the world can people justify that kind of response that we not get caught up with the superficial circumstance so that we miss the supernatural purposes that God is accomplishing through all of that? 
in both Ma in Mark ch chapter 6 and in Mark chapter 8, the Lord rebuked his apostles. They were focusing on the surface circumstance, and it was, it was a storm in Mark chapter 6, and it was his rebuke over them not having bread, or them, them uh, you know, not understanding the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Oh, it's because we didn't bring any bread with us. They were just looking at what was on the surface there. And they were affected. He said, why, why, is your heart, why has your heart become hardened? Because they'd be, become insensitive to the spiritual issues, what was really important. They were unable to see God's power over the storm and the Lord's ability to provide bread. He just fed the multitude. And so, yeah, he's, he's rebuking us because he didn't bring you bread along. What? That's not what it's about. They were looking at surface conditions and some important questions come to mind here. Is the Lord still in control? Is he still the master of his universe? Has he lost track of what's going on? And I think it's notable that somebody said uh, a long time ago, you know, oops is not part of God's vocabulary. <laughs> He's never said, uh-oh, ever in eternity. That's not part of God's being. He hasn't lost track of anything. He knows what's going on even when we don't know what's going on. We can't figure out why in the world. What is this about? God hasn't lost track. Will he guide and provide in spite of the circumstances? Yes, he will. Is he still worthy of praise? In Psalm 18.3 says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. Amen? Call upon the Lord. He's always worthy to be praised. There in Mark 8, the apostles' first thought was that the Lord, when he mentioned the leaven of the Pharisees, he was talking about, about the bread that they'd forgotten to bring with them. And in Mark chapter 6, Christ rebuked his men for their lack of faith. They had already forgotten the great feeding miracle that he just performed. What was it that distracted them? What was it that caused them not to remember and not to relate to the great spiritual victories that they had already witnessed? It was, it was pressing circumstances right here, right in front of their face. Things that caused them to be distracted from what was really going on. In studying theology, we talk about about the experiential view of doctrine. And experience has a whole lot to do with the conclusions that people form a lot of times, things that, that are within their experience. And there's a term that talks about something that's close to the eyes, but it can also mean to close the eyes. But something that's happening right in front of our face sometimes causes us, that's the only thing that we can see, but sometimes we just close our eyes because we know, we think we know. And our heart can become insensitive and hardened to spiritual realities. These people were distracted by pressing circumstances, the compelling immediate. How many people understand the term the compelling immediate? 
And they say usually that's not really something that you should be concerned about because the compelling immediate is usually resolved within a few hours or days at the most and you conclude it wasn't even worthy of our attention. But that's so often where we live with the compelling immediate. You may be facing fines for not observing the COVID-19 protocols in your area. You may be being compelled to accept, accept, compelled to accept. I had a man in my office just a few days ago who said, I have 13 years in the United States Air Force. We have Grand Forks Air Force Base, which is fairly close to our church property. And we don't have very many active military folks anymore, but this man happens to be. And he said, I'm not, we're not gonna do the, we're not gonna do the so-called vaccine. And he said, I might, be, I might be forced out of the military because of it, because it could become mandatory. You may be being compelled to, to accept what actually some people have called experimental gene therapy, not a vaccine, but experimental gene therapy. You may be seeing your church's financial base decimated by a squelched economy. You may be threatened with arrest and imprisonment if you don't get on the bandwagon of inclusion and compromise relative to sexual preference and so-called transgenderism. What do we do? What do we do in such cases? Well, we keep our eyes on the Lord and we don't, we don't develop a hardened heart because we're failing to see spiritual issues. We're, we're so compelled by the, by the immediate circumstance that we can't see God's purposes anymore. We, don't, we, we lose our confidence in the Lord. Don't forget that God is sovereign. How, does the Lord care as much about us as we care about ourselves? Does he care much, as much about his church as we care about his church? About the churches of Jesus Christ even more. Does he care as much about his people? Does he care as much about your family? And this is something that I've talked to a lot of folks about. Maybe you have as well. People are concerned. What's it going to be like for our kids? Our young children growing up in this country where we're being robbed of our liberty and our freedom. Is the government going to take away our kids if we don't fall in line? Well, this is, these are a lot of compelling circumstances, superficial circumstances that can cause us to lose sight of God's power and God's purposes. And we can become desensitized and develop, in Jesus' own words, in Mark 8, a hardened heart. Well, it's about seeing only daily pressures rather than seeing divine performance. And the Lord was certainly capable in all of these situations. They needed bread now. They needed to see that storm uh, dealt with now. They, they, were, they were compelling circumstances that were legitimate. They were legitimate. But the one who knows the Lord looks beyond those things. The one who walks with God can see beyond that and say, you know what, I just commit this to the Lord because He's able to deal with all of it. He can manage all of these things. Don't let it overwhelm your faith and confidence in the Lord. I remember reading years ago a biography of a fellow named George Mueller who in the 1800s in England near London was starting children's orphanages. 
he was burdened over the over the all the orphans and he was trying to care for them and feed them and apparently many times he prayed to God and trusted the Lord to provide food that they needed that very day and that brings a whole new meaning to we who are we who are accustomed to walking into the kitchen and opening the refrigerator door and there's everything that we could probably want at that moment Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, provide for us what we need today. And we're, we're determining to trust him rather than submit to, rather than yield to and give in to the daily pressures. Instead, we're trusting the Lord to do what we cannot do, what needs to be done at the moment. The Lord fed that great multitude you recall, with only five loaves and two fishes, and they had 12 baskets full of leftovers. After probably nearly 20,000 people were fed, 5,000 men besides the women and children. And that was no problem. That was no problem for God. How shall he not all also freely give us all things? Amen? God will take care of his own. Questioning and doubting God in the heart constituted hardness of heart in the Lord's own words. And it was about seeing what the needs were and failing to see who God is. Oh, we're great at analyzing and assessing needs, aren't we? We know what the needs are. We know what needs to happen. And sometimes we think we know, and we don't really necessarily even know. We think we know what needs to happen in somebody's life, and we start praying that God will do this and God will do that, and then God has a different solution to that problem than what we would have imagined. We don't necessarily even know what's needed. I love Romans chapter 8 where the Bible says that we don't even know what to pray for as we are. And the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. We don't even know. We think we know because we feel the pressure, but we don't even know what needs to be done in a lot of cases. We just commit that to the Lord and trust Him. And He knows. He's never left wandering. These people were seeing only the need rather than, the look, than looking to the one who meets needs. And, and it's a great comfort to me that our, our God will always, always knows exactly what needs to be done and is always capable to do what needs to be done in the circumstance, in the situation. He is not mastered by circumstances. He is the master of all circumstances. We just need to, we just need to trust him and rejoice in his unseen purposes by faith. And not become insensitive to the fact that God is able and not develop a hardened heart just because, of the, just because of the pressing circumstances of our life and of our ministry. Gird up the loins of your mind is 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's look at that real quickly. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 13. This is a great verse. Great imagery seen in 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 13, wherefore, he says, gird up the loins of your mind. Tie things up, get those loose ends, keep those, keep those loose ends from flopping around. Gird up the loins of your mind and be prepared for the battle. Be sober, hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We don't hunker down. 
but we keep reaching out to a world that desperately needs him. So don't be neutralized because of the circumstances of our present situation. Don't be stupefied. Don't be paralyzed. Don't allow your heart to be hardened before the Lord. Let's just keep on for, for the Lord. We still have a job to do. And I like hearing stories. I like seeing. You know what I'm seeing at Bible Baptist Church in Grand Forks, North Dakota? I'm seeing people sort of just drifting in that we've never met before. And it's almost as though they're just becoming so frustrated with everything that always changes out there. They're looking for something. I've heard it expressed a number of times. It's just so nice, to, and this is on a different level, but it's just so nice to be someplace where things seem like they're normal. huh? And then they come and they hear the word of God preached and taught, and the presence of the Lord is there. I've said this for years. I don't want to go to church where God doesn't show up. You know, where the Spirit of God is there and it's obvious and the truth is the same and those, those people are still practicing what they've always practiced. Our world needs some stability today. Amen. And people are looking for that in some cases. We still have what I call first and last time visitors. You know, they came and they're looking for something, but oh, it's not that. Okay, okay, that's okay. But that's not always the case. And we just need to be firm and strong and stable and, and sensitive to what God is doing in these days. There are opportunities here. I don't know that I agree with the conclusion when that last person that's going to get saved gets saved, then the rapture will happen. I don't think I agree with that theology. I don't see that any place in the word of God. But the point is, in a day of apostasy, in the last days, we may be in the time, we may be in the period of gleaning, we may be, but there's still some gleaning that can be done. There's still some folks that need the Lord, and they need to see something that's secure and stable and based on truth, and they need to see that people are looking for something that's real. So God help us to be faithful and let's be sure that we have not hardened our heart by just becoming so focused on the externals that we forget to see the Lord who's master of all those things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray you'll help us. And Father, we need not to have a hardened heart. We need to be sensitive to the work of the Spirit of God and claim and rely upon your your multitude of promises father we we love you we we trust you and help us to live every day by faith looking to the lord and hoping to the end for the grace of god that will be revealed and father for your power to accomplish what needs to be accomplished in jesus name i pray